It's officially draft week, and we have to go over the final mock draft of Locked On Chiefs preseason run-up to the draft day event that happens this Thursday. We're excited about it. I know you are. Who do the Chiefs get in this scenario today A Locked On Chiefs? From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Welcome back, friends and neighbors. It is the start of draft week, and we could not be more excited. We're glad that you're here. Thanks for making us your first listen. Now, check out another Lockdown show for your next listen, particularly the NFL Draft Show, the Scouting Show, as well as any show for any team that you want to know what you think they're going to do. Our hosts will tell you, so check them out. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for free on every platform everywhere, starting with YouTube and echoing out through the universe. You can get subbed on any audio platform, and particularly like sub and hit the bell over on the YouTube channel here, which you may be watching right this second. We appreciate your time. We're going over our final mock draft scenario, and it's going not to follow my draft board, which you can go get for free right now on NFL33.com. It is the top post, and it's absolutely unlocked for everyone on Substack. That's NFL33. You can also get my draft guide full and complete for all of my staff's work on stats, uh, athleticism, and our film grades at RogueAPC.com. Use the code matrix loc to get that discount but we have to talk about it. it all comes together we have our final mock draft from chris clark of chief's corner owner and proprietor of the place to hear chief's news i'm just some poor schmo that does other stuff beside him uh, rgr <laughs> football nfl 33 and please check out rook apc i feel like there was a little bit of a shot there when you said something about uh, your draft board and this isn't following your draft board at all <laughs> but you know i'll let it slide uh, i actually had a lot of fun doing this because to me this is a scenario where kansas city is going to be trading up uh i, yeah. I did a poll uh talked to you know asked what people wanted they wanted to trade up so gave the people what they wanted i traded up uh awesome. and i went and attacked the position i think needs to be filled or the thing that i think could actually help the entire team the most in the first round in my opinion uh and yeah there's going to be a trade so there's going to be some stuff we need to talk about but uh, i really enjoyed this one i like it folks you can see that at locked on chiefs on twitter and at chiefs corner on twitter and uh, you can hear about it right here trading is always difficult and i think we all feel like it's going that direction the question is always value for move up and if you have a target now we've done a couple of scenarios where we knew we wanted to go up in the draft and we worked out a, a pre-draft trade meaning there was no selections off the board is that how you approach this one so funny enough because of the way that this is set up you can't actually trade with who i traded with because they have a, another pick earlier in the first round mm. so you have to wait until they pick to go and make the trade happen and so i basically was waiting until about when they were getting ready to pick, and then I made the trade. Nice. Okay. So the fact that you were on the board, you got to see the board trickle down, which yep. gives you an inkling of who's left and who your targets might be, uh, whether it's your board, my board, whatever board it is, the one that happens to be an arrow one, one arrowhead drive is the only one that matters right now. What happened? So here we go. This is Ooh. what I did. Lordy, lordy. I jumped up to one or I jumped up to 18 because to me, this one position that Kansas City fills, if they fill it, they give Patrick probably all the time he's ever going to need to throw the ball. And receiver kind of falls down the wayside just a little bit. So 
Uh, if you can guess there what position that they're going for at that point, uh, pretty obvious in my opinion. But I know people are going to say I gave up a lot, but look at what you get back. You get the 18th pick, you move up 15 spots, you get 18. You also move up 15 spots and get 48. Ah, a double so, dip. A double dip. But you are giving up a second-round pick next year, which is basically like a third-round pick. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're giving up a couple of sevenths and a fourth. To me, to protect Patrick's backside, this was worth it. Yeah. I have to agree, using the extra picks, I mean, those are things still acquired in the Tyreek Hill trade. This is worth it to protect Patrick. And giving up a second to move up, it'd be one thing if it was just once. But moving up twice for a total of nearly a round combined at, at yep. 30 draft slots that's still pretty good value and i think in the end even if you give up the the second in 2024 that pays off so yes the price is steep but you're getting a lot of payback now the real question is why did you do it and who is the selection so here we go here's the first round and i waited i think to make this trade until about 15 or 16 oh really interestingly enough look at where darnell Wright goes in this draft Man, did not expect that. So Paris Johnson is the top tackle off the board at nine. Yep. Skronsky goes at eleven. You come back. Bijan goes in the top fourteen. Wow. Then Nolan Smith at fifteen and Darnell Wright at sixteen. Yep. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you had no choice but to pull the trigger on this. Well, and Detroit was always the person I was trying to trade with because uh. I felt like. It's well, I liked it because you can double dip. You could get two picks for about what we were, you know, what we talked about in the trade. You could get move up to almost a full round in both those picks, uh, you know, a full round combined in those picks. So mm-hmm. I really like that option. To me, you put Broderick Jones on the left at left tackle on this with this offensive line. You have a top three line this year, you have a top three line next year, uh, probably a top three line if you can re- find somebody to replace. I still think that uh, they're. I, th- I still think that Tooney is probably going to be a good guard for the foreseeable future. But how long is he going to be here? That's the question. Yeah, and then that's a fair question. So you end up taking Broderick Jones, the Georgia tackle, at eighteen, right yep. in where we've seen him fall pretty pretty commonly. So I don't think that was outlandish. The fact that he goes after Darnell, that's a little bit atypical from what we've seen, but who knows? Just takes one one team's board to be a little bit different than we expect it to be. So that makes a lot of value. You know that I love the player. I don't have anything bad to say about him, except his floor isn't quite as high as, say, Paris Johnson's. But his ceiling, I think, is the highest of this draft class, including Skaronsky, who I have, the, have as the top overall uh, offensive lineman, period. But I do have him as a guard. So I, I love what you did here. You got the right guy, in my opinion, and I, I think you did it in, in a way that we haven't seen done before. Well, and I think if Kansas City attacks this draft like I expect they're going to, and I still, as we're sitting here recording this, you know, it's a couple of days before the actual draft in Kansas City, I still think Veach is going to be aggressive. There's been talk. He's talked about, you know, possibly trading back and then they're open to it. I'm sorry. To me, that's all smoke. Veach is not the type that wants to trade back. He's traded back once as, in his career as a GM. I don't think he does it again, especially with the the draft in Kansas City. And I know a lot of people don't think that matters. To me, I think it does just a little bit, at least for the thought process of I think that they want to give the fans uh, excitement and you know take a little step up 
Uh, but I also think they really want to go attack and get a player that's actually really going to be beneficial and help them and potentially be a 10-year starter. Yeah, I mean, I think you've accomplished that and given them the foundation that, that allows the next evolution of Patrick Mahomes' contract as well as his play and solidifies them as a, as a contender, at least with protecting the quarterback. That's a great start. Now, you moved up in the second as well. We're going to get to the second round pick here in just a minute. But this show is sponsored by BetterHelp, and they are the, the people that help you find who you are. There's always some times where you might question yourself. I did it when I was first a writer because I'm a terrible writer. You can ask anyone who's ever tried to edit me, including one Chris Clark. And that's why I podcast, folks. That's that's the reason. And it takes some elaboration to, to get there. You have to you know, feel your way through the process, and sometimes you need some help. Um, if if you feel like you can benefit from that, you have to be open to it, but it's something that can go into your life and help you correct the path you're on. Uh, therapy is, is about deepening your self-awareness as well as the uh, understanding how the world works around you. So I think it's definitely worth your time, and I think BetterHelp is the way to go. If you're, if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, makes life easy that way. It's designed to be convenient. It's designed to be flexible and be suited to your schedule. And just fill out a brief questionnaire and they're going to pair you with a licensed therapist. You're going to sit down uh, and get to know them. You can either hit it off right away or if you don't, you can switch therapists at any time at no charge. This is about your path and getting help with it. So discover uh, the positivity and your potential over at BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Uh, dot com slash locked on. You can get 10% off of your first month right now. That's better com slash locked on for better help. A better help for the Kansas City Chiefs roster is going to be adding talent in the second round. And now they get to do it at, at what 48 rather than 63. Yep. That is what the, the first trade got them to be able to do so i think you know you look at that scenario and i think that that's a win for kansas city uh you know we already talked about them taking roger jones so let's go ahead and move on to the second round let's do and here you go okay all you wildcat fans are going to be happy with this one if you're if you're listening on audio go check out the youtube channel please we are here five days a week on youtube as well because you'd like to see this i think on the screen because felix and dk uh, Uzama, I hope I said that right, and Gike, I'm going to get that right eventually. If FAU ends up in Kansas City, you know I'll figure it out. But he goes off the board, and I was wrong. It was 42, not 48, so uh, appreciate that. And that gives you a homegrown talent inside the state. Um, he gives you a wide nine aspect in particular. He plays with power and leverage and extension, and I do think that he's a fit in the SPAG system because he, he showed, in fact, to the point of being almost misused, he can play inside. And so he has that two-way versatility that Spags is coveting lately, and he has the length and he has the power. Is he super, super tall? Not necessarily. He's not quite as heavy as, as a normal Spags end, but he has a little bit more spark, and I think that's what they're looking for. I, I think this fit is great. I think the value at 42 is right where it belongs. I know some people project him into the first, but I don't necessarily agree with that. I think this is exactly the range that he belongs in, and he did a great job picking a player that has a great fit. Now, you got there by trading 48 and 178 is that right that's right yeah it took a six round pick to move up six spots in the second round i thought it was well worth it uh i you know i was looking at a lot of different mocks and, and seeing felix going in this range to me i didn't want to wait to 48 and, and have a chance that somebody else took him so i went and attacked the position that i wanted to go get 
and when we go to the next round, actually, I, I want to talk about that a little bit more because there's this one reminded me of uh, that specific pick. But to me, I think that Felix fits this, this defense, and I think that this would be a great set for Kansas City to start. You've got a defensive end now, or you've got an edge, and you've got a left tackle of the future. Two premium positions in your first two picks. Yeah, I understand you don't have a second-round pick next year, mm-hmm. but you know what? If you're filling these premium positions right now, it's going to not hurt as much. Yeah, I agree. And it allows you, you know, hopefully you don't have a glaring need for the second round next year, and you, you can work your way around that. And players do move around all the time. I think this is great value. What drew you to FAU overall? I just think he is. I think it's a good fit for Kansas City. I think that he, uh, being homegrown talent, I think that there's a little bit of a connection there as well. Uh, and I do think that they're going to be looking at edge. And this is the guy that I thought just would fit in that range. Um, you know, if I waited another five or six picks, I think I probably would have had to go down another tier. I think FAU is probably on maybe the, I don't know if you want to call it second or third tier of the edge rushers, but somewhere around there. Um, yeah, I, I think you're. Dro- I think you're dropping another tier if you wait a little bit longer. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely on there. And you know, when I look, hold on real quick because I just got to double check my board. I do think he is in the second flight, the second tier, and I think that's that's even better value there. Um, I do have him just below BJ Ojolari and Will McDonald, who didn't go off the board yet, did they? I didn't see what happened in the second round uh, at the top twelve picks. Yeah, those are gone. Okay, they're both gone. So, so you got him right in line with where I have him as well, and the fit is excellent. So you've accomplished a ton there. What did you do next? So this one is, I'll be honest, I didn't like the pick because I was trying to attack and go the same position but a different player. Mm. Uh, I ended up having to go with this because the guy I was looking for was not available. Was that Cedric Tillman? Nope. Who were you looking for? Jonathan Mingo. Okay. I think and I think I think he went around 70 to 75. Okay. So um, just uh, within 10 10 picks there, right? Right. Okay. Uh, and Mingo's I think that's guy, Mingo's a guy that I think could be an interesting I have heard a lot of people talking about Mingo to Kansas City. I think that could be an interesting pick. I wasn't exactly sure where he'd go. I'd seen a couple of different mocks where he could go anywhere from 70 to, you know, 100. It just really depends on how the mock was ran. So to me, I just kind of guessed and said, okay, well, he's not going to be – I saw he wasn't there, so I traded up and went and got another guy. And I love the guy that you got, A.T. Perry from Wake Forest. I actually have Perry above Mingo on my board because I do think he's a little bit more polished and a little bit more athletic in terms of what he can do. Uh, I have him – the two of them clustered with Tillman. So I think you get three tall X's of different – slightly different flavor variations here. Uh, and if you can get any of them in the tier, I think all of them can work in Kansas City. So knowing the two of them were gone, I think this worked out really well. There's a great video. You guys should go check that out um, from Brett Coleman. Coleman with a K, if you haven't seen him on YouTube, uh, former NFL uh, network producer, does a lot of film work. Interviewed AT at the Shrine Bowl, and it's it's one of the best interviews about how a wide receiver breaks down his own game and is self-aware. And I think that will really shed some light. So uh, I'll try to find a link to that, but check that out. And I think that's a great way to start. Your first three picks are dead on, and you've accomplished a ton of of the top three needs done. So now you get to double up and do whatever you want. And I think that leads to some variation. So after this, we're going to have to take a quick break and come back, and, and you're going to have to explain to me where you went after this because I don't even know how many picks you got left. <laughs> Not as many as they started with, that's for sure. <laughs> we'll do that right after this.
Okay, so as you said, not as many picks as they started with. You've been very active in trades, and I do think that that's what the Chiefs are probably leaning towards as well. So where did it go from here in the fourth? So to me, when I look at this roster, I think that there's they could go in a number of different directions when they start getting into – once they get past having a left tackle, having a – you know, and really it depends. You could say left tackle, you could say right tackle. If they get a tackle, I think that takes care of one of the positions they need. Edge takes care of another position and need FAU takes care of that. AT Perry takes care of the wide receiver. For the most part, I, I still think that there's depth there that could be used. Uh, but I think that at this point, you're sitting in a situation where you could probably really go any direction. Mm-hmm. So I just started looking for players that I thought really could fit in, in Kansas City and could give them some flexibility. Uh, and to me, the offense is pretty set in a lot of different positions. When you start looking at the, unless you're going to be looking at the interior offensive line, you're probably not going to be looking at a running back in the fourth round, which is where we are right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you could be looking at interior offensive line. You could also look at another potential tackle for a swing tackle. I mean, that's possible, uh, but I don't, I don't know that that's likely. Uh, I think that they're still intrigued with what they have with Kennard, and that's another reason why maybe they don't go interior offensive line because he can play that as well. So. To me, I went defensive line. Ah, okay. Kobe Turner, great story. A little bit undersized, can can jump some gaps. I think is a nice compliment to what Chris Smith uh, – Chris Smith. It's another guy we'll talk about <laughs> later, what Chris Jones does. Christopher Smith is a guy that is very much on my mind these days as we approach the draft. So why Kobe Turner? I look at the Kansas City's defensive depth, and to me, it's a matter of they need to turn over the roster at defensive tackle and defensive end. And to me, I'm not going to say Turner really fits the defensive end position, but I do think that he can fit the defensive tackle position and give you uh, another guy that can take some reps to get you younger, get you to a position where maybe you're not going to be hurting near as much. Right now, I don't think they have a defensive tackle on the roster next year, currently. Whew. Whew. So... To me, to beat there, buddy. Well, I'm just saying, Chris Jones is a, is going to be a free agent next year, and I don't think they have anybody else that's a free that is under contract, unless it's a futures contract, and I'm not counting those. Sorry, uh, that's on a another you know two year deal. So uh, they need depth of defensive tackle, and this is one way they can get that done. It certainly start does. at least, and I like the fit. It helps out the rotation. It gives you a little bit of a spark. I do like the pairing with Turk Morton, uh, somebody I hope that will evolve into being a guy that they want to bring back. We'll see how this next season goes. So that's at one thirty-four. Uh, I don't even know what your next pick is. Where do you go from here? One six six. Yep. Bryce Forbidden, West Virginia. What brought you to him? I still think Kansas City needs depth. And to me, one of the th- one of the places that they've always struggled, or that they've never really had something that, uh, that they didn't really have, they've never really had the type. They've never really had a big red zone threat. To me, Bryce Ford Wheaton is a guy that could be that uh, at wide receiver. You would think that they have it in Jody Fortson, but they haven't used him. Uh, you know, maybe they use At Perry that way, but to me, this gives you another type of guy that can go up and go get try to go get the ball in the red zone. And I do think that that's going to be important because. If you look at what Andy Reid has been doing in the red zone, yeah, he is, gets fancy. He's able to move things around. He's able to get people out of position so they have free releases and they can get touchdowns in certain situations, and I get all that. But at one at some point, you're going to want to be able to throw the ball up and just have somebody go get it. 
And if you get to a point where you have guys that can do that, that opens up your offense and gives even more misdirection for the rest of the team. A couple of things to be clear on with Bryce Ford Whedon. is an issue with drops. That is correct. That's the first thing people will tell you. But here's the positive sides. He's wide receiver four in the athletic matrix overall. He's wide receiver three in explosive matrix. That's more important. Five in explosive range and four in deep range in this class. He is number two overall in Air Force. That is my combined advanced metric on both broken tackles on the field and contested catches combined. The guy will go get the ball. Yeah, forgive me because I don't remember, but I believe he's 6'4", right? 6'4", 220? Yes, let me double check that. It is 6041, yes, and 221. Yep, okay. So that's a big receiver. Kansas City doesn't usually have that type of wide receiver. And... You know, they've been needing an X, and A.T. Perry can fill that role, but I think Ford Wheaton can also give them that option. And I tell you what, he's got the speed to play teams. He's going to give himself a shot at the roster right away uh, and be a guy that hopefully can grow into that. You'd like to think the concentration drops are something they can coach out of him. We'll see what happens at the next level. Well, and, and to me, when you sit here and you look at 166, if you take a chance on a player, this is – from everything I've read about Wheaton and everything I've seen about Wheaton, it is, or for Wheaton, I should say, it is a high, it is a low risk, high reward type deal. Mm-hmm. If he hits, it could be very good. If he doesn't hit, you've got a fifth round pick. I mean, I know Kansas City's been hitting on all, all their picks recently, but the Especially reality is, round. <laughs> well, but the reality is, is if you miss on a fifth rounder, you miss on a fifth rounder. It's not going to be the end of the world. And this gives you more options in the wide receiver room. So I think there's a lot of value there. And like you said, he he can sit, he can step in, and he can be one of those core special teams guys right away. Very much so. I like it. So you've you've addressed the wide receiver pretty well, especially as the X. So what else did you get done next? Ah, old Tooney. This one I I went back and forth on. Yeah. Uh, Tune, I think. I think he's seen his stock rise, at least from media perspective and from different things that I've seen over the past couple of weeks. I think that originally, I think I had Tune taken in the seventh round in a, couple, in a mock a couple of weeks ago. Uh, right now, based on rankings and, and where I've seen him in different mocks, it's, it looks like he's going a little bit earlier. And quite frankly, you know, they just signed Blaine Gabbert, but they signed, I think the key with signing Blaine Gabbert is what they signed him for. It's basically a vet men deal. They're not paying him like they paid Chad Henney. Chad Henney, they were playing, paying $4 million a year. They're not paying him like that. So to me, that means they like that Gabbert could come in and be, maybe be that veteran, but it's not necessarily he's going to be on the roster this year. And to me, that also means that maybe if they're not going to have Buchel or Bouchel, they need to develop somebody. Agreed. I think that's very important. And I'll tell you this. Um, Number eight overall in all of my combined production metrics, right? Yes, he played at Houston. Uh, it's not exactly the SEC. That's okay. Here's the really interesting thing. If it isn't for the fact that Anthony Richardson is in this class, a guy that has athleticism so high off the charts in the matrix as well as every other combined way to look at athleticism, a guy that's elite, elite, elite over the last 15 draft classes. If it isn't for that fact, Clayton too 
is Matrix one at the QB position and is a guy that we're saying he has enough athleticism to get drafted on solely by the fact that he can move around. He's a glutton for punishment. He'll run dudes over when he has to. Uh, his film is very interesting, and he's a guy that has the upside that makes him draftable. I think here uh, in round six, I think it's it's purely a luxury to have a guy that can come in there and move better than Patrick can and be able to try to learn from him. I, I love this pick. Well, and I will say this. You get to the sixth round and you start looking at holes for Kansas City. Where are you going to have them? Where are you going to where are you going to plug players? We've talked about this all draft season. Where are they going to have all these draft picks that they're going to bring in? Sure, you could look at corner. You could look at defensive tackle again because I still think that there's maybe potentially value there. You could maybe look at running back in the sixth round. You could look at tight end. Uh, this is a, a draft class that was very deep at tight end. Um, there's different positions you could look at, but to me, they start dwindling pretty quick when you start looking at the roster and going, okay, a sixth round pick, where are they going to be able to be plugged in and maybe have a chance at making their roster? I like it. I mean, it's it's a great fit and gives some optimism uh, in case of injury and, and where you move on next. So Last pick. Not Mr. Irrelevant, although – uh, no, last pick for Kansas City, to be clear. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, a, a guy that's that's got some great athleticism in Jose Ramirez from Eastern Michigan is going to come after the passer. Uh, not everybody has a draftable grade on him. I do. So I think you're doing well there. Uh, he is my last edge on the list. So perfect timing at 217. I know you gave up 249 and 250. But what yeah. drew you to this prospect at this spot? Looking at Kansas City's edge edge position and to me uh in the sixth round at the back of the sixth round you're looking for guys again like i said they could possibly make the roster i don't know that ramirez is a guy that can make the roster but the question when you start getting to guys like this is can you develop them into something and i hate saying that because people are gonna scream about kando from a couple of years ago mm-hmm. maybe this guy turns into another joshua kando i'm not expecting that but to me, you still take a chance. He got after the quarterback. He was able to do it well. The competition isn't the same, but give him a year in an NFL weight room on a practice squad, and maybe he has a chance to turn into something that can at least give you more depth than what you have right now. I like it. Uh, it's it's worth a shot. At 217, it's very, very low risk. This is where Isaiah Pacheco came in in the same type area, right? Yes, he was a seventh rounder, but you you guys understand what we're saying is that this is this is the end of the draft. This is a guy so you just don't want to have to argue with signing bosses over for other teams. So you just make your selection. It's still a gamble. And I do think there's as much plus to, to Jose Ramirez as there is to anyone. And I do think that Isaiah Pacheco has made us learn that it's not uh, it's not over in the fourth round when it comes to the Chiefs' ability to develop prospects. So why not take a risk? Well, and to me, when you're looking at this type of position this late in the draft, again, I like what I said a little bit ago, I go back to looking at where can players make the roster. Maybe he can't make the roster this year, but if he can be on if he can be on the practice squad and be there for next year, that's going to be beneficial for Kansas City. You put him in the weight room, you get him in the in the system for a year, you see what you can build, and I think that maybe it pans out, maybe it doesn't. I mean. A six-round pick is a six-round pick, and if it doesn't pan out, you're not losing a ton. But I will say this about him. He can get after the passer. He has that ability. He doesn't have great explosion, but he can get after the passer. He knows what he's doing when he's getting after the passer. So 
that's a trait that is very hard to teach. So it I is. do think that there's there's a lot of value there. And quite frankly, if you start looking at the guys he's going to be around, he saw he's going to be around Carl Loftus, who learned a lot from Frank Clark. Carl Loftus is doing a lot of hand fighting training right now. I guarantee you a rookie that's going to be coming in is going to be wanting to go and learn from whoever those vets are telling them to go learn from. And they're going to be doing the same things. If they want to be good teammates and they want to make it in the NFL, that's how you do it. Agreed. When you look at his pure athleticism as well, he's sandwiched squarely between Will Anderson Jr. and K.J. Henry, guys that are going 100 picks ahead of him. So I, I think this is, and obviously Will Anderson is my number one overall prospect. So to be athletically able to do some of the things, that just says it all right there for very, very little inv- investment. I love what you did here. And you must have been listening to the NFL Draft Scouting Show. Um, you guys probably need to listen to that yourselves. It's definitely worth your time, as is the NFL Draft Show. It's the last week. we got to get down to business, get everything out there. You want to make sure you check out RGR Football, NFL 33, and Rogue APC and use that code Matrix LOC. Then you will know what's coming down with each of these guys. Uh, and you won't be surprised by Jose Ramirez in the seventh round uh, or the sixth round here, as Chris did. I'm really happy. You want to run down the overall picks for us? Yeah, I just want to point this out really quick just because I thought it was interesting. I I don't usually care, but I did find this interesting. Yeah. PFF liked my draft. So overall, though, I think uh, you look at this draft and I think you hit a lot of different positions that Kansas City needs to address. Uh, and so let's just go through that really quick. First round pick, Roderick Jones. Starting left tackle for hopefully the next 10 years, I think Kansas City, if, and that's one of the things I love about that, this type of pick is if you can go get a guy that can be Patrick's blindside protector for the next 10 years, you are going to set yourself up to be in much, a much better position. Yeah. FAU is, is your edge in the second round. Uh, I think there's a lot of value there. They need to get more uh, athleticism at, at the edge spots and they need to get more talent. So, I think that that speaks for itself. A.T. Perry in the third round. Kobe Turner, defensive tackle in the fourth. Bryce Ford Wheaton in the fifth. Clayton Toon in the sixth. And Jose Ramirez in the sixth as well. Um, and, yes, I did trade a couple of picks away from 2024. But I think what you're looking at right now is a situation where Kansas City has a lot of things that this is going to fill some holes for the for the next couple of years. Uh, and gives them some ability to maybe get some cheaper talent. So, I like what you did here, folks. Let us know what you think. Leave your comments on YouTube, your, your comments in the reviews on Spotify and Apple. This is our final mock draft. This is it. This might be the way that it goes. It might be all these trades and all these picks moving around to get you what you need for the next championship run. Uh, I hope that it does. It'll be very exciting if this is the way that it falls. Yeah, if, if it goes, if it goes this way, I'm pay, I'm buying like ten lottery tickets for the next there, couple of yeah. Lottery. You you buy a couple for me, will you? Uh, yeah. Yes. Let's let's get after it. Th- this is the final scenario. It's not the final lead up to the draft. We have content for you all week. We are here five days a week, just like every other week. Tomorrow, we're going to run down my draft board. Chris will be able to pick it apart, ask questions, see if he agrees with anything. But it will be all 222 prospects that I have draftable grades on, all laid out. You can get that at NFL33.com right now. It is unlocked and is the top post and is free to everyone, all comers. Go get it. We'll talk about it in length tomorrow uh, and go through what those scenarios look like, who could be available for the Kansas City Chiefs. And then it's it's the last preview day, 
as we will have content and reaction for you on Thursday. Wednesday, we're going to walk through last-minute options. Yeah, and really quick, I do want to say, if you guys weren't following last year, if you weren't everydayers last year, if you're everydayers this year, we really appreciate that. Thank you very much. But if you were following around last year, there's a ton of content coming for you this week. Yes, yes we do five shows a week. We're going to do an extra show on Saturday. Uh, I, I Just the way this works out is we're going to end up having a Saturday show. May end up having a couple of extra shows, to be quite honest. Uh, there's going to be some shorts, so go follow on YouTube. We're going to have a ton of information coming for you for this draft. It is how we cover this team. It is covering your team every day. That's what we do here Locked On. I'm looking forward to it. I'm tired, but I'm looking forward to it. We know you guys are just starting to get pumped up. It's here. It's live on Thursday. We have the, the NFL draft, the highlight of the year coming here. I guess the Super Bowl is pretty good too, but, you know, it's just me. It's definitely one of those highlights when you win it anyway. So let's hope that they're on the road to another one. Thank you for spending your Monday with us. Make sure you spend your Tuesday and your Wednesday and your Thursday and your Friday and, heck, your Saturday because we're going to have selections that day too. Thank you for your time today, and we will talk to you tomorrow.